few Baptists a little lost in liturgical settings. Ours is the free will spirit. Sometimes we need settings. It is a joy to be here today and to greet those of you who are here. We're going to be together for the next few days. I hope you'll come back. But I want us to think this day about the topic, will we ever catch on? And Jesus came near and saw the city of Jerusalem, and he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the beginning of Passion Week, the things that make for peace but are now hidden from your eyes, you can't see them. Jesus weeps over the city because it seemed to never catch on. We just don't seem to understand the things that pertain to our personal and public peace. Personal peace is what I'm going to be talking about today. Will we ever catch on? This was the lamentable problem he discerned as he rode into Jerusalem to observe the Passover 2,000 years ago. Now, the account is authentic. There's no reason to doubt the Palm Sunday events, for they are reported in all four Gospels. But there's a striking difference in Luke's rendition in one small but significant detail. Only in Luke's Gospel do we discover Jesus riding in front of his disciples and the multitude, not driving them from the rear, not leading them uh, in any way that is not up front. This was no separation between him and other people. He was just trying to accompany us so we could understand him. Will we ever catch on? The Pope did something daring the other day. He closed his prepared manuscript and preached from the heart. Will we ever catch on? Uh, there was a rich parishioner in New York City who said to Archbishop Dolan, uh, you know, this Pope amazes me because he seems to be conferring with poor people only and seems to have no concern for those who are rich. And of course, the Archbishop had to correct this because he is trying to do repairs at St. Patrick's. It's going to cost $80 million. And this man was a billionaire, so you can see the connection. Uh, he wanted to make sure that he would not be alienated. And so he said about Pope Francis, he not only loves poor people and rich people, but he loves all people. Will we ever catch on to that? Now, I think there is something in this text that is very meaningful. Jesus is riding in front of us. We slip, but he does not. We get up, dust ourselves off, find where he is, and go try to catch up with him. But why is Jesus in front of the crowd? It appears that he is absorbed in a deep personal soliloquy about his immediate future in the next few days in Jerusalem. Uh, 
He had been coming to the city since he was 12 years of age, but this trip was different. Its odor was different. Its mood was different. Its atmosphere was different. Different from anything he had ever experienced before in this city. And so he goes ahead of the crowd, seeking to have a few moments of private conversation with his heavenly father. Jesus is saying, I can't talk about it right now. There are too many things going on in my life at the same time right now to discuss them. Leave me alone. I've got to get it all together. I cannot take the adulation of the crowd. I need to be by myself in a capsule of solitude so that I may communicate with a God who hears in solitude. Now, if we think about this particular incident, it parallels with our personal situations in 2014. These are like our thoughts. Sometimes we say it's too deep and too painful for me to talk about it right now. Leave me alone. Let me work it out by myself. It is very personal. Will we ever catch on to that? Are we so trapped up in the processions that we forget what really is at hand? We all know personal moments in our lives when it seems that life is deep and painful and very personally stormy. We know moments when trouble and depression have given us unwanted stress. But let's confess, we do a lot to bring our difficulties on ourselves, don't we? Will we ever catch on? We all know that there are times when we keep changing strategies, but nothing seems to work. No pill seems to give us freedom from spiritual pain. And when relational problems seem to overwhelm us, will we ever catch on? When the still small voice of goodness is powerless against the wrecking passions of the soul, will we still ever catch on? In our marriages and in our significant relationships, when they become so rigid that communication is very difficult, when we go out to a restaurant and look at each other but say practically nothing, will we ever catch on? Will we know that something important is lost, which was there in courtship, but has been crushed by the customary? Will we know when romance has become ordinary and routine? When relations that were full suddenly fall flat, will we ever catch on? Maybe we need to ride alone for a while. We need to remember the following things about our personal relationships. Remember that life is in process. It is not static. It is dynamic. When something is static, it's dead. When something is a dynamic, it's alive. And so it is that we are to know life does not come clean and carefully wrapped. It comes with strings hanging on the side. It comes with unresolved enigmas in our lives that we don't know how to get around. Life is in process. 
The second word I would say is when you are alone talking to yourself, if you are having difficulty communicating with those you care about, lift up your heads and realize what God has done for us. For you see, soft edges are often welcomed in this great bus ride of human existence. Let me say that again. We repeat in the Baptist church. Soft edges are often welcomed in this great bus ride of human existence. And so it is that we see something happening we had not been ready for, and we thank God for it. Why is Jesus weeping over the city? Well, he weeps because in the first place, we do not understand why he had been sent by God. Will we ever catch on to that? He realizes, secondly, that his ministry has been brief but unsuccessful. So many negative things have conspired against him. Now, we would not gainsay the fact that many believed in him, but as he gazed in the city, he thought of the love he had for it, and tears fell to his eyes. So many things had happened in the city, like Atlanta. When you turn on the television tonight, you will see yellow ribbons around trees, signifying that something has happened, not right but it is wrong and you are pushed into your solitude to say, oh Lord, how long? How long will this continue to exist? That's what this week is really about. We have to realize that there are so many negative things we have to face in this city and in other places. Uh, in Jerusalem, the dwelling of the Holy Temple had been laid to waste. He could see that in the future. For Jerusalem would be utterly destroyed by Rome in 71 AD because of internal religious disputes that Rome loathed and would tolerate no more. People didn't catch on. Fourthly, he wept over Jerusalem because he had an unextinguishable passion for the guilt of the city. He is saying, choose this day who you will serve. This day. Isn't it amazing how fast life goes? Youth passes away this day. I was a pastor for 30 years at Ebenezer, 16 years in the Presbyterian Church before that. That makes 46, I think. And didn't know where the time went. It went by so swiftly. Our youth passes away. Ordained and pastoring at 24 I'm not going to tell you how old I am now. But nevertheless, I realized that it went by in a flash. And that's what we have to see. It is hidden from our eyes. That's what we miss about our personal communion and our personal endeavors. So it is that God would have us live for him and live with him if we are to succeed. Let me close by just summing this whole thing up. Keep Jesus in front of your parade in your personal life. Number two, have a private, solitary place for prayer. And prayer is not us talking to God. Rather, prayer is listening.
to what God has to say to us. That gets me weary sometimes when I hear these long, laborious prayers as if we were informing God about details that we thought he didn't know about. What I'm really trying to find when I pray is the voice that allows me to go on and to live for him. Then life is in process. It does not come clean, carefully wrapped. Soft edges are often welcomed in this great bus ride of human existence. Paul really understands that, doesn't he? Because, you see, without making him an icon, we do see that he is a different kind of pope. He closes the Bible on the prescribed script. And on Palm Sunday, he talked from his heart. What do they say about Jesus? The common people, the everyday people, the proletariat heard him gladly because he talked in their language. He closed the prayer. Let us now be ready to close also. The Bible tells us something better is going to happen this week. In the Old Testament, it says, lift up your heart and your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. He's not here at Palm Sunday, but he shall come in. A few days hence, on a cross, he shall come in. And then in John 5, 26 through 29, we read, For just as the Father has life in himself, so granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Don't be astonished at this. For the hour is coming when all who are in their graves will hear the voice and come out. Those who have done good to resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So let us see where this will lead us in the next few days. Amen. Amen.